Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm host of the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. And what I do here is to invite guests who have the willingness to look at their own lives and talk about the struggles that they've had in expressing themselves in this world whether it was originally something that happened in their family in the past or whether it was when they were in high school and had peers that were bullying them or when they entered the work world where there was a lot of competition. So it's always something new depending on the guest because everybody has their own story and today, I'm very pleased to introduce Joe Perone, a very good friend that I've been able to meet through the internet. This is something that is possible nowadays to make friends and to give each other what support and to bring them into the into my world, my tribe, and to say, "Hey, look at Joe." So let me. Let me introduce you and say a few things about him before we get on with the podcast. And Joe is a strategist who helps business owners reclaim their time freedom. And we'll learn more about what time freedom really means. He believes that your business should run itself. It shouldn't run you into the ground. And Joe has been helping his clients find full enjoyment in everything that they create and do it without burning out. Joe is an entrepreneur himself, and he owns and operates two successful automotive repair shops. And he does it on hmm, about six hours a week. And Joe's favorite ways to invest his reclaimed time is by building strong relationships with his wife and his two young sons. And I would add strong relationships with his new friends, because that's what I feel like we are too, but also building a business that runs successfully without him and helping other business owners do the same. Ojo, welcome. Doreen, such an honor, privilege, and a blessing to be here today and share this time with you. Great. Well, the topic is finding your voice. So at some point, it feels like we can start maybe where was it that you remember not having a voice? Let's let's I know that now even nowadays we have challenges, but I always like to I'm a psychologist, always like to dive a little deeper and back in somebody's history to see what they remember, any events or challenges about being more of who you who you could have been as a little little kid. Yeah. <clears throat> So I, I will say that, you know, my, I am the oldest of three and I was the, I was the kid that was sitting on my mother's lap playing cards or sitting with my father in his, you know, he drove a, a tow truck at night. So I, you know, 
go with him on rides and stuff. So I always felt that I had a, I had a voice at that, at that point in my life and in growing up being the oldest, you know, with a, a sibling that's 18 months uh, uh, younger than me. Um, I always felt like part of the, the adult tribe and part of that, you know, that, that world. So it, it really, um, you know, without skimming too much over that, it really, when I felt like I lost my, that voice was when I, when I did, when I entered into the workforce, um, at a 18 and that's really when I found my biggest challenge because Doreen at that point, you know, I was the old, I was the oldest boy. I had, you know, the, the time of my parent, I always dealt with adults. I was, I had a say, I had a voice and going into the workforce back in, you know, 1998, that was when my first full-time job was really when I felt like I, I had lost that voice. And as, as we connected and met and, and I said, I'm going to come on the Dr. Doreen Downing podcast. I really dug deep and thought about that. So I have some, yeah, I definitely have some uh, challenges that I experienced at that point in my life. Oh, I really am open to hearing more. It feels like this is a new kind of story too, that uh, you felt comfortable and confident. And as an older brother, you had a place and uh, some responsibility and um, there was it just felt like you had a sense of value of yourself. And then, yeah. And I imagine, I don't know, you, you grew up in the East coast. Yeah. We're in Connecticut in New Haven, born and raised New Haven, Connecticut area. Yes. So I imagine that uh, high school, I mean, you seem pretty athletic (laughs) just by looking at you, you know, high school must've been uh, pretty easy. So it was really, really easy because I, I had gotten homeschooled as well. Um, that was a decision that we had made, uh, my parents and I had made. And uh, so I did homeschool, which is, is really unique. And it's something that it's a, you know, usually a, what's some, you know, networking circles, what's something no one knows about you. And I don't think you knew that was probably the first no. time you heard it, yes. but um, I had gone to, I had gone to private schools all the way up till ninth grade. And then in 10th grade, it was um, the, the school was no longer going to, they were, they were kind of disbanding. And um, I, my parents didn't want to send me to public high school. We kind of made some decisions because where we were in New Haven, they, there weren't great options for me. Um, and then there was, you know, some financial piece, but um, we made the decision to do homeschool, but it was, um, that was another area now that we're bringing it up that was a place where I really actually had to find a voice because now I don't have that social structure. I had friends, I had people that I had associated with, but now I really had to go out and learn how to build a network of people. And that's really where I, where I learned a lot of speaking up, learned, you know, if, if I wanted something, I had to go ask for it. I had to be comfortable with being introduced to new people and being, uh, you know, an eclectic, diverse background of, of people. So I've really been experiencing a lot of that now later in life and these skills that I learned, you know, because of the fact that I was homeschooled and that was never a, you know, impediment for me. That was always something that I really, you know, it was like, 
yeah, I was homeschooled. Like, you know, isn't that cool? And I never saw that as something that, you know, that's just something I did. Um, but I, I, a lot of those things that I learned and how to speak up for myself and how, if I wanted to meet this person, I didn't go to high school. It's not like I went to class with them. I had to, you know, be bold and go out and meet them. And, and, you know, when I was dating, I had to, you know, I really had to work a little harder for it, you know? So yeah, definitely some things that I learned, learned in, in, uh, in being homeschooled. That's great insight. Thank you for sharing that. And I could also, also imagine that, you know, in a, in a school setting, it's like you're one of many and how do you get attention and how do you get your voice heard and how do you speak up in class? It seems like in homeschooling, you have your, probably your parent or the teachers that they hired that uh, would give you attention and you're being listened to. When you speak up, you're you've got the attention in a lot of ways that we don't in high school. So I see that as another another way in which you were building confidence early on. And then 18 happens and you go out into the work world. Tell us about that. Well, you know, the 18 was was the like the full time work. I had done some part time stuff because I had you know, a shorter day with being homeschooled, I would do some, you know, some jobs and, you know, stuff with my dad and, you know, the garages that he worked in. And, you know, it was, but I was, you know, I was a part-time kid. So they treated me like, still like a young kid, like he doesn't need this. We're just, he's helping out. So I was always like, kind of uplifted in that sense. It wasn't until 18 now where you have a full-time job, you have a responsibility, you have, now you have a commitment, a 40-hour commitment to this job. And that's where I really began to see that my voice was starting to be a little bit drowned out. And it was a reality uh, yeah, reality check and a wake-up call for me because now I started to see what the real world and what this what this was this was another realm of my life that i'm entering and it's okay now i'm i'm trading my time for money now so early on learning about what that trade off was going to be and i was you know financially i was always a saver i was always a person that was really you know i i i knew the value of my dollars in you know, learn to kind of be selective with where, where I would, would, would let those hard earned dollars go. And I remember a specific story about one day I was wrapping up, you know, wrapping up a job at my, at the shop that I currently now own, but, you know, back in 98, I was just a, you know, floor sweeper, wash the cars, you know, and I put out everything I had into doing that job. But I remember the owner of the company coming to me at the end of a, a work day and really having a, a, you know, like an attitude to me. And it was him, you know, lashing out at one of his employees that there was no reason for him to, to treat me in that, in that manner. And that was the first time that I really learned about you know, friendship and business, because I had come into that business knowing the owners. And we were, we were somewhat friendly, but now I learned the distinction between friendship and business. And 
if as the as the money goes and the money flows, that's that's where certain business owners could fall into a trap of this is how I'm going to treat my employees and that culture that that was built in this company, small small business, you know, and it's it's small business, millions of them across this country and, and across the world. But now it's a lesson learned that on a Friday where I had just got my paycheck, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go out on the, on the town and, 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 you know, enjoy some of the fruits of my labor. But I kind of ended the workday on a, on a real low because I had just gotten lashed out at for something that, you know, it was, it's the, uh, you know, the, the husband yells at the wife who yells at the kid who kicks the dog, who bites the cat, who eats the fit, you know, it's that. You've heard that before, yes. right? Uh-huh. This a placement. customer had gotten into him. He was unhappy about it. He didn't, there was nobody but himself to blame for it. And he lashed out at me. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, low man on the pole at that point. And I just remembered not having that voice to really stand up for myself and say, mm-hmm. no, you don't have to be talking, you know, you don't have to be talked to like that because the fear kind of came in and said, well, if I, you know, if I challenge him, I could lose my job. I didn't have rent to pay for. I didn't really didn't have anything to, to fall back on to say, okay, you need, you need this to support your family or something. But I realized that that could be me in 10 years from now. I could have a mortgage. I could have this, these obligations that I better, I better learn how to find this, this voice now. Nice. And stand up for myself now. Yeah, the the what you're saying is in terms of business culture and what's expected of the people who are considered employees and the whole separation between to me it sounds like power. Who has the power? And of course, the person who owns the business has apparently when our society has the power and those who work for this person don't have power. And I think that has something to do with voice, what you just explained about uh, being treated in such a way and disregarded and uh, not being able to speak up is a bind that I feel like happens in all sorts of uh, small business to large corporations. I, you know, I totally agree. And it's also that power of what are we giving power to, right? Are we giving power to the, we have to give that power away. That power is only, that power is only given. It's never seized or taken by force. It's given collectively, individually, that power is given out. So that's one of the things that I love to to work with people on or, or tell anybody, you know, is that that power is is here. It's inside of you. You have the choice to give that power away. You have the choice to let that affect you and say, okay, well, if this person is holding this dollar over my head, well, now what's got the power? That person or the dollar? What's got the power? The what that dollar represents to you. You've given that power to that dollar. Uh-huh. So now, if that person uses that tool of that dollar to control you, they win the game because they control the dollar. If you've minimized the amount 
the effect that that dollar has on you, and you've given the dollar less power, you've given more power to your peace of mind, your sanity, your well-being. If you've given that more power, it's that's that's a that's not a that's not a thing they could swing at you anymore. I think what you're saying right now is so profound, Joe. <laughs> you know the how we how we come to accept the less in our life because we want the dollar <laughs> and uh, what you're saying is look at look at what you value you know and i think partly what i know about you and the work that you do is that you value your life your community your family and if it's all about the dollar, um, it, which I do know some of your story too, which maybe you'll share how you eventually became this crazy, manic, <laughs> overworker, uh, maybe that kind of boss yourself. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so continue with the story, please. Yeah. And I just want to start, go back to that point about the dollar and giving that power to the dollar. It's also where we, where, where that dollar goes in our life also is in direct, in direct, um, maybe you'll help me with the word of, of what, how much power we give it. So I've, I've had clients where the, the, they've bought a bigger house than they should have a, a, a you know, way of living way above the the means. And I'm not saying anybody to dream, I'm not saying stuff is bad, but when stuff takes your voice away from you because it takes your power away from you, it takes your decision-making abilities away from you, that's a problem. And that's where we lose and I love talking about time freedom, I love talking about freedom. We lose will lose our freedom in direct comparison to what we're putting the value of our the, these tools that people can have to sway us and in, in, in affect our decision making, and that's why we're a debt society. That's why we're you know the debt and all that because now who controls who controls the debt is who controls the decisions and who has the power in our world. So yes. Just, well. Just something, just something to think about as it relates to where our voice gets lost because the, there's no teeth there. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> there's no teeth there. Right. <laughs> no teeth, tongue, lips. Well, yeah. Joe, I know that you became a boss. Yeah. And I'm boss. wondering if you kind of got lost yourself <laughs> in that uh, making those dollars. So, yeah. So it was interesting because there's a, a one, one, um, you know, one day I did regain that voice as an employee and I stood up for myself. I stood up for my fellow employees. I stood up and said no more to, to some of these things that were coming down the pipeline that were not fair. They were not just they were not fair. They were things that we we shouldn't have been dealing with as employees, and they were. And I and I said, you know what? I'm not going to take this anymore for me. But guess what? I'm not going to take this for everybody else too, because I value 
all my coworkers. I value these people and, and this affects them directly and this affects how they get compensated and it affects everything about their lives. And I, I said, no way. I said, no more. And I was willing to put it all on the line at that point to lose my job to, to fight this. And it was, you know, there were six of us there at the, at the time, maybe six or seven of us. And nobody else was going to stick up and say say what they needed to say. And it was being said in the back the back offices and the in the shop. It was being said. And I said, I'm not I'm not going to take this. And I went into the office boldly, knees knocking. But, you know, you know, what's the quote? You know, your hands might be shaking, but it's the power of the voice that you you still have, even though your hands could be shaking. My hand, my knees were knocking, my hands were shaking. And I said, the hell with this. I'm not gonna accept this. Uh And the our our boss, he said, you know, you're right. And and this, yeah, this is, and he didn't see it through, he was seeing it through a financial lens. He was seeing it through a business lens. He didn't see it through the human lens of what it was gonna do to all of us and how it was gonna affect our productivity, how, what we were going to be thinking about first, right? We should have been thinking about service to the customer first. We should have been thinking about quality and doing a good job and just putting our best work out there. Now, everybody was climbing over everybody else for, for the, for climbing for that dollar, Mm -hmm. which was wrong. Competition. And it was creating this unhealthy competition and it was forcing people that might not have been good in a certain area to try to be something that they weren't mm-hmm. not because they wanted to, because that's the structure of the pay now. So that was a, a good point, you know, where, where I, I reclaimed that voice and you, you asked me about, and I did become the business owner at a certain point, And that was a, from claiming my voice and having that confidence, you know, before, before David killed Goliath, he had killed a bear. He had killed a lion. He, you know, he had some. He had some. You know, he had some mojo and muscle. He, you know, he, you know, he didn't just go fight Goliath blindly. He had a little bit of confidence built up there. He knew what he was working with, and you know, when it was when it was time to say no more to, uh, you know, a a boss that was kind of mismanaging funds, and you know the company was not going in the direction that we thought it should be going in as employees that had put time and effort into this company. And we we bought the business. I'm going to leave it at that, that part. We bought the business. So we buy the business and we get into business and, you know, it was a lot of unraveling things that had been done. There was some debt we had to pay off and there was a lot of just a lot of ugly things that needed to be corrected, but we corrected them. But in that process, being busy, you know, busy, that word, I, we, I use it. So I catch myself when I use it, but busy is, is not always what it's cracked up to be. And we were, Doreen, when you serve people and when you do a really good job and actually care about people, you're going to be, you're going to have a lot of people coming to you for your service. And that's what I'll make the distinction of busy, but your phone will ring, your doors will swing, your email will ping and things will, people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And people knew us, they liked, they loved us, and they really trusted us. And 
it's if you go on our website for my automotive uh, uh, businesses, we're you know like 4.8 rated throughout the state. We're the highest rated in our area, and it's no surprise to me at this point. We have a great team, but back back then we were doing all this stuff, and we lost, and I lost sight of. I, I I caught that I caught that bug for the dollar. I caught that bug for the business owner, the yeah. title, and the, you know, I I felt this. We worked really, really, really hard, Doreen. It was a, a challenge. I had to stand. We had to stand up to get that business. We had to, you know, c- claim that business and and you know wrestle it from the previous owner because it was this was something we had a vested interest in and built. But we put too much, I put too much of my interest into that, into the, the business. And we talked about the power, right? And the it wasn't the power of I'm a boss and I want to overlord over my subjects. It was I felt this unhealthy obligation to my customers and to putting out an amazing product and not losing a foothold where we were because we were, we were, you know, if you were ranking automotive shops, we we were kind of, we were kind of at the bottom, you know, there were, there's bigger, there's, there's still bigger. There's still, you know, places that churn out stuff, but I know that we give the best customer service. And I had like, I got this like unhealthy obsession with customer service and going overboard for people. I lost my boundaries. I lost, you know, a, you know, a customer would call with a complaint. I would just lose it, but because I forgot about what we were doing this for. And that, yes, it's, we are here to serve our customers, but I'm also here to serve the people that are making this happen too. It's not me. I'm not, I'm not at a certain point. I haven't touched a car. Like I haven't fixed a car with my hands in, you know, a decade. So it's like, I need these people. These people are so extremely valuable to me. And never, you know, didn't become that boss that was would lash out on a, on a Friday at my employees, but I overwhelmed them. Ah, okay. I think I, I overwhelmed them. Yes. I stressed them out. I you, stre- you had expectations. Yeah, expectations and high expectations, <laughs> high expectations, and and it was, I I had grown a little bit of of a resentment. Resentment's a really really tricky tricky thing, in that when you pay somebody to do a job and they do a job, that's the contract that you have. But then when you overburden them with expectations, when you overwhelm them with tasks, when you when you just have a, a, a unhealthy expectation for what they're supposed to do and how and when they're supposed to do it, they're human beings. They're not robots. Mm-hmm. And they have challenges. They wake up with challenges just like I wake up with challenges. And they have to go about their day just like I have to go about my day. Well, your and, your voice sounds like it was more, more, more. More, 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 more. You know, it just felt like that was the, it was, the mantra. It was. <laughs> it, it was never about, and, and this is the one thing that I and I and I honored myself for, and had to later on go back and, and and do that because I really beaten myself down at a point. 
because when I realized what I was doing, I really came down hard on myself. But I did have to honor myself for the fact that we did pay people well. We never hung it over their heads. We, you know, we w- went to bat for them on any on anything. We always sided with with the employees. It was never, you know, if there was a problem, we owned it and then we dealt with it, you know, after the fact. Like we, we were good, we were good employers. We by our by our people, except for the fact that we overwhelmed them and put way too too high of demands on them. Well, that those high demands feel like they were uh, you putting high demands on yourself also. And that's, and I know given we have, uh, you said you needed to go pick up your son, speaking of of time, I want to make sure and come back to, well, what was the aha and how did that relate to your voice? Oh, baby. So 2014, I'll set up the day for you. 2014, it was like the middle of the summer, all the lack of setting boundaries, all of the high expectations, all of the demands that I put on myself, that I put on our business, just came to a head in middle of a workday, um, just was overwhelmed with what I later would find out was a series of panic attacks. I had been having them. I didn't know what they were. Uh, you know, my health was not great. I was dehydrated. I was, I wasn't eating properly. I was like intermittently fasting and doing these, like, you know, I didn't have a handle on my body and my body just said, no more. You're going to, you, this is, was a physical response to what I, all the, this high pressure that I had put on myself and I asked my, you know, my, my partner, I kind of collapsed at my shop. I had to like sit down and just, you know, almost passed up. My business partner, thank God for him, brought me to the emergency room. And I sat in the emergency room for half of a day trying to figure out what was going on. And I didn't know it was panic attack. I didn't know I was dehydrated. I didn't know that I had, you know, some, some form of uh, built up anxiety. And at that point, it was like right now it's it's right here in your face well your body was speaking to you you weren't <laughs> listening to your body's voice <laughs> correct correct and not listening to that voice and not listening to that still small voice that we all have inside of us that we you know we bury with busy we bury with all these the the external expectations, all the demand that we think we need to answer every call, every email, every text, every message, all of that was now it's, it's, it's just sitting there. It's a thing now. And, and you, you know, looking at myself, I'm saying, is this working? If this is the result, if this is the fruits of all of these, these things that you've done, what's the result? You're in the hospital, Joe. Now what? And the, the, the part for me that was the hardest was um, the doctor came in and God bless doctors, God bless all our healthcare people. But this doctor on this day said to me, you're going to have to be on antidepressants 
for a good portion of your life. And I don't know if he said that because he believed that. I don't know if he did it to scare me, but the part was it's it really put off new fear in me because I had just watched my brother go through 10 years of drug addiction and he's he's clean and he's sober and he's thank God that he's he's doing well and thriving now. But I said, I don't want to subject my bodies to pills and you know this to correct the problem that I knew that I had put myself in this position. Yes. So I, I didn't have to take a pill to get into this position. Why should I have to take a pill to get out of this position? <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And it was, um, you know, this was 2014. And, uh, you know, Jim Rohn was probably the first person that I had heard it said in this exact way. But for anything to change in your life, you have to change. Well, that's a voice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You heard that voice. And I sat on that for a couple of days. Like I I was watching a a video or a lecture from him and I'd stopped it right there because I, 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 I knew that that was the, that was the voice that I needed to hear at that particular time. Yeah. Yeah. And learning that if there was anything in my life to change, I could change it. Well, what does that mean? So now the the voice, you know, now that voice, still small voice starts getting clearer and clearer and clearer. So now if somebody could watch you right now, those who are listening, I just want to say you just went clearer and clearer and you just got a brighter and brighter (laughs) smile. And it's just, it's uh, you're radiating right now because of, of what you, of the transformation that you made. And given where you've got some time to, we need to wrap up. I want to go to where that transformation led and what your message is today. Well, after, you know, after you, after I learned about change, what's that word, which change, what does that, what does that mean? And I learned about now just change of, of, who I was being, you know, and changing my state, you know, the first person I heard that the state was from Tony Robbins and, you know, who Jim Rohn coincidentally was, was Tony Robbins mentor and changing my state. So now who did I wake up as now? If I woke up yesterday as the busy burnt out boss, that's burning everybody else out. Who could I choose? What character could I choose today? Who could I wake up as today? And that didn't happen overnight. That happened. You know, I'm, I work on that this morning. I worked on that. <laughs> but it's was so much freedom. That's my word is freedom. It was so, so freeing to know that it was up to me for anything in your life to change. You have to change. Okay, well, what am I going to change today? What's going to be different today that wasn't there yesterday, that I wasn't being yesterday? So now I had to set boundaries. I had to fire clients. I had to, I had to unravel all of these things that I had overcommitted and over, you know, overwhelm comes from overcommitment, over, you know, overstepping, letting others overstep those boundaries, allowing that. 
So the transformation came when I learned that for anything to change, I had to change. And B, what can I be? Can I, can I be that person that takes care of his body? Can I be that person? How would, how would a person that was fully functioning, calm, cool, just, just existing in this world and thriving, what are they, what are they doing? And I, and I went out and I found so many mentors. I, you know, my, my bookshelves are full of mentors with, you know, I, I can name the books that we've all know, love and, and read and filled that shelf with mentors and learn. All right. Well, how, how could I be this? What will it take for me to be this? Oh, okay. Find these little things I could do every day. These little commitments that I can make every day. And, oh, I could say no to that? Really? Oh, my gosh, that's an option. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and learning to say no, learning to set boundaries, learning to, if I don't want to do something, first of all, why don't I want to do it? What is, the, what is happening that I don't want to do this? Is this a, a story that I've told myself? Is this a story that I've committed to? What's the story I could change about that? right? I don't like doing this. Well, why don't you like doing it? Oh, I have this story that I've been telling myself about it. Well, what if you just change the story? Oh, I changed the story. I actually like doing this now. I like this part of it. And it's only about 2% of this part that I don't like. Well, can I ask for help with this? Can I ask somebody to, you know, I like doing this 98% of this, but it's just 2%. I'm just, I just don't like doing this. Oh, I'll take that off your plate. What I hear, what you're showing people right now is the kind of conversation, and we're talking about voice, and you have to listen, and you mentioned the small, still, silent voice inside, the voice of just the pure being, and beingness does have a voice, I think. And because we're at the end now, I'd like to make sure that people get to hear the what you talk about in terms of what you pass on to people about freedom freedom to me and what i what i would challenge your listeners uh dr doreen is what does that word mean to you what does that word freedom mean to you and and that's not something that you're going to know in a minute it may be but if I struggled with learning what freedom was to me, I knew what freedom I thought was freedom to other people. I know what I looked up to as a vision of freedom, but what truly is freedom? What does that word mean to me? What does time freedom mean to me? What, is, what does it mean to me? And what I found for freedom meaning to me was, and it shaped me when I read the um, Five Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware, where she worked with people on their deathbed and learning about what will actually matter when that, when that last day comes for all of us. And not to fear it, but to say, okay, I have this much time left physically here on earth in this, in this physical body. What do I want to do? What do I want to be free to do, to be, to see, to have? And it's not a materialistic. It's not a, you know, I want to cram all these things in, but what do I want to experience? What do I want to be free 
to experience. Some, some of us, including myself, want to just be free to experience receiving, receiving good opportunities, compliments, kindness from others. I just want to be free to do that without feeling guilty. And that was something that was freedom for me. It's not just freedom to roam around the planet. That's freedom too, but freedom to just accept what is. You know, I love the book by, by Byron Katie, you know, Loving What Is. It's such a profound book and, and doing the work, as she calls it. Freedom comes from that inquiry. Freedom comes from that going back in, using that voice to, to hear what's free to you. Well, I think what I'm getting right now from you is that freedom has a voice and that each one of us can ask what is freedom and freedom speaks back to us and tells us. What do you think about that? Freedom will tell you exactly what it is for you. <laughs> Freedom will tell you, will use its voice and, and freedom, it, you know, if, if you're going through a time, if there's a listener out there, they're going through a time where something is just, it physically, they get the, that feeling. If this is not right, I don't want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. That's freedom telling you. Yes. So inquire, tell me more, tell me what I should do. Freedom. Oh, I like that idea of having a dialogue with freedom and freedom has a voice. And that's, that's something we can leave our listeners with. Joe, how can people find you? I love, love, love connecting through all the social media channels. You can find me Joe Perone. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, my website, joeperone.biz. Would love to have anybody that that's interested in freedom, just come in, let the website speak to you, let the, you know, the podcast, the blog speak to you. And if you want to make a connection, I'm here to connect with you. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing all the details that you did today around uh, what, where voice got tangled up (laughs) and where it started to show up in terms of that panic attack that said, hey, you, listen, listen, and then to where you finally integrated so much of the wisdom of the world that's out there for us to be more fully expressed. Thank you for sharing your voice today. Dr. Doreen, it is my pleasure and honor. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person Doreen interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.